I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, ahoy and welcome to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I'm Julia Rayside. Thank you for joining me as I navigate through every single episode of the 1980s seafaring soap opera set in the fictional English coastal town of Tarrant. It would be a lonely voyage without you. This is part two of my chat with a brilliant Carrie Quinnan, so please do go back and listen to part one if you haven't, and then join us back here again. I really like when Kate's made her a cup of tea. She's always mother figure to everyone, Kate. So when anyone has Kate. a problem, they, she's always just so great. Kate. They'll go to her with any problem they have, even if they don't apparently know her that well. So obviously Anna doesn't <laughs> feel she can go to her family about this whole marriage issue because they're the ones who are kind of pressuring her into getting married to this guy. And so Kate offers her tea. Yes, please. Milk. Yes, please. Sugar. And she goes to say, yes, please. And then she realizes she doesn't even take sugar. And she gets out of her handbag a little white packet, which I'm assuming is her sweeteners. Do you remember when people used to carry sweeteners in their handbag? My my fiance does. Does she do that? Does she really? She's got, yeah, she's got sweeteners. She's got one. She doesn't carry them around, but she's got sweeteners at home. So my mom absolutely did. It was a huge surge of, oh my God, yes, from my childhood. She was, yeah. you know, a sort of a post-war baby. And, you know, when sugar was rationed, obviously no sugar. And then the minute they were allowed oh. sugar again, I think she just became like a like a smack addict with sugar. So she <laughs> used to have three sugars in her tea and presumably after a while realised that was a bad deal. So Blimey. she bought, I think it was Hermesitas or one of those. Hermesitas. And she'd always have the little clicker thing. You know, if you press the top of the plastic packet, a little a little drawer would open and your, your little white sweet that would pop out the bottom. Yeah. And did you ever try them as a child thinking they were sweets? They were disgusting. Really they were disgusting. Absolutely Absolutely foul. Yeah. yeah. But it's they were dreadful. Sweeteners, that was a thing. Yeah. They're probably Herma still a thing. and Candorel Spoonful. Candorel Spoonful, that's it. Yes, not, as, not, not as portable, Candorel Spoonful. No, no. you needed a spoon. But no, we've we've got some in the house and it's still, we've got, I, I can't remember what, sweet, I think they're sort of sweet minis or yeah, something. Yeah, They're nice. called. And they're, they've got the, still got the same little drawer and you click the thing. Oh, delightful. That technology Poss- hasn't, hasn't been improved upon in 30 years. Well, quite. I find that quite, I don't know, it's comforting in some ways. Um, <laughs> So she has sweeteners in her tea, but it just goes to show you much like that scene in Carol where Carol, you know, the, the, that film with Kate Blanchett and Rooney yeah. and she's like, I don't even know what to order for lunch. Like she doesn't know her own mind. Very much so here. This is the proto version of that. Yeah. Anna doesn't even know she takes sugar or not. Like how oh. can she decide who to marry? It's, just, it's yeah. like it's like Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride who doesn't know how she likes her eggs. Yes. Brilliant. It's a really good trope to show your characters mm. yet to find themselves. They haven't been to me, Carrie. Not me, you know, them. <laughs> 
They've been to paradise. Probably. <laughs> Certainly. They're, they're in Howard's way. They live in it every day. I mean, come on. Then we go to, talking of paradise, Polly's beautifully appointed country garden outside their giant home in Tarrant. Oh, Polly. And Polly and Gerald are sitting in the garden drinking wine from crystal goblets uh, that she's probably she's just so bought. She's so tired from the now. She oh. just gets more and more tired. Just drinking Polly. wine, being tired. Growing her hair. Yep. Uh, so she's talking to Gerald and he has finally started to open up to her about why he's been so distracted and so upset yeah and why he's been going on about her even more than usual about how much money she's spending on the old credit cards because she just keeps buying clothes and stuff for the house and getting it redecorated and he's been quite twitchy about it which isn't like him it turns out his i'm going to say very close friend he hasn't explicitly said long-term secret boyfriend but it is his long-term hmm. secret boyfriend um, has been very, very ill and is now extremely ill to the point where, you know, we're talking there may be only weeks left. And he's announcing to Polly in this scene that he's going to pay for flights to America and for specialist treatment in the States. It's a oh, last, yeah, last chance to save him. Treatment. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you could invite him here if you want. It's like, no, I, I, it's all right. I'm going to send him to America, you know, where they have doctors and specialist treatment. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we finally find out he's called James. James, James Gittins, Gittins, the artist. And she's got one of his landscapes. And she had, she literally, and not like the ones in the business park, like a painting, like a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> not like all breeze blocks and turf. It's a beautiful <laughs> painting. Yes, it turns out she does. She she's really upsetting for her because yeah. she says, you know, I thought I discovered him. Yes, exactly. Well, she's got Which time quite to heartbreaking. willy around art galleries all day. She doesn't do anything else. Um, yes, so <laughs> that, that seems to upset her more than the fact that Gerald is now going to, all the money she could be spending on, well, paintings and dresses, will now be going to fund the, frankly, now pointless treatment for his dying lover. Anyway. It's forward thinking in its own way to have a, a character like Gerald. Oh, it very know, much like, is. Yeah. He had to keep his homosexuality a secret. Obviously, in later series, his homosexuality doesn't appear to be quite so much a fixed point in his character <laughs> makeup as <laughs> I certainly had thought it was. Um, oh. But yeah, for now, he's in a long, I think in a long term relationship with a man, but it seems to be at a distance and they just see each other now and again. But yeah. there's clearly oh. a lot of affection there. And this is a very important person to him. And the mm. loss of him is clearly going to be a big blow. Uh, but it's a, Yeah. And it's a nicely complicated relationship then for him and Polly. Very. They are navigating. She, and I, yeah. I like that. It is good. She kind of has unreasonable expectations of him because you know th I think the deal was they would get married it would be a cover story for him we haven't established if it's a cover story for her as well maybe she likes the ladies I don't know um, but certainly it's a lavender marriage in that respect but financially she would never have to worry so right. it's oh but now she might well I don't know maybe that'll set up a bit of tension there it sounds like it might do but she is kind of for Polly who's been a very unsympathetic character she is very understanding and she does yeah. sort of want to help and, and be there for Gerald because she can see how cut up he is about this. I'm sure she's got lots of other toy boys on the go. She's not that upset about the, the infidelity. Then we go to Highfield, Sir Edward's house, where Jan uh, sits across from him in a grand dining room. They've clearly just finished another one of their lunches. Everyone's lunching so and dining. So much lunching. All the time. Yeah. Actually making me hungry. I've just realised I forgot to have lunch. Oh. <laughs> and So yeah, proper, proper posh old posh room lunch. Yeah, in like a, a oak panelled dining room. Mm. And it's got a horrible painting in it. <laughs> really? It looks about a hundred years old. It does. And it turns out it's Sir Edward's dead it's wife. His wife. Yeah. And she says, she says it's a, she's beautiful. She says it's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Not. Um, she looks frightening and like not like a real person at all and sort of like she's made of chalk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that your wife or Miss Havisham? It was, it was, when she said, is that painting your wife? Yeah. I thought 
who's going to laugh and say, no, that's my great, 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 yes, great grandmother. Yes, exactly. Painted by someone who didn't like her. <laughs> yeah. It's not a who flattering normally, Who normally did horses. <laughs> That is so Sir Edward. But essentially she's there because he's given her the money for or lent her the money for her business empire expansion. And presumably there'll be some pretext of having to have a catch up over the the Mm. latest expansion and the the premises and stuff. But really, he just wants to hang out with her and gaze at her beautiful face. And who wouldn't? I mean, fair enough. This is the basis of this podcast, isn't it? Just so that you can (laughs) look at Jan Harvey's beautiful face. (laughs) Well, maybe a bit. Yeah. (laughs) What's so wrong Um, with that? She's lovely. Nothing wrong with that. She's a top quality woman. Also, she has the best stories. Well, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Anyway, (laughs) so Sir Edward explains, but he's sort of opening up to her a bit now. He explains about his unhappy marriage and how his now dead wife, he thinks, turned Charles against him, which is why there's this antipathy between them now. Um, Although, you know, stealing his banker and money and trying to manipulate him probably doesn't help. Yeah, but I think... But it was mainly her. I think this hatred goes back a long way, though. I think it does, He basically just shagged other people and abandons Charles's mum who then died it's like right. you know you're not going to as a son be super warm and loving towards your dad there is that. that and he sent him off to boarding school he's one of those dads um, oh god then there is I think the most awkward dialogue of the entire series so far did Ooh. you note any of this down so basically Jan says my divorce came through this morning because they're just talking about marriage in general and whether they'd remarry again or whether he wants to remarry and he's like oh no I'm not the marrying kind means he's a shagger Um, yeah and she announces that her divorce has come through and then they're both standing there looking up at the painting of his dead chalky horsey wife (laughs) yes do you remember what he says to her what as they're leaving yeah he talks to the painting he does talk to the painting yeah (laughs) what does he say to the painting he says do you hear that sylvie jan's divorce has come through then there's a pause obviously during which the painting doesn't answer yeah and then as they're leaving, he says, um, hmm, Sylvie doesn't look very pleased, does she? <laughs> it is the most bizarre. Like, I, I think he's trying it. to be amusing, but yeah, it seems I, I, he's I, I taunting. Oh, there's a joke. <laughs> it just, he's taunting a dead woman. Yeah. It's like, what look do you think about it. that? This fine okay. filly's divorce has just come through. Me, with my reputation, alone with her in the drawing <laughs> room. She's just got a divorce through. She's oh, dead, her guy. Her endorse doesn't seem to like it. <laughs> It just seems in very poor taste. Yeah. I think he's misjudged the room. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, then we go to the Howard's house where Anna is still talking about her arranged marriage with Kate. And Kate says, it sounds like it's more of a merger. She's so on the nose. Like, that's so brilliant. She She just cuts the crap. Even as a child, she was my favourite. And then this is where, again, I think I noticed the Chinese refrain on the soundtrack. Yeah, I think think actually that's where I know. Oh, I feel feel a bit uncomfortable. I'd like this to be over now. Is that okay? Is this okay? Am I... Oh, I don't know. But Kate basically offers because Jan's already talked to um, Anna's father and persuaded him to release her so she can come and work for Jan's fashion house. Kate suggests either she or Jan should go and talk to Anna's father about her arranged marriage, which seems, you know, they've known this girl five minutes. That makes more sense to me now that Jan's already had a chat with him because otherwise it did seem quite (laughs) random. Oh, I shouldn't worry about your arranged marriage. I'll I'll, I'll talk to him. (laughs) It'll be fine. What's that going to do? I mean, again, Dulcie Gray, yes. I mean, she she can literally wave a magic wand and just make your problems go oh, away. Uh, yeah. The next scene now, we're on to your favourite scene. 
back at the yard where Tom's oh. on the phone to... Oh, to the uh, the Department for Floating. The Department of Ship the Science. Department of Floaty Science. Carrie, Yay. I looked it up. At Southampton University, you can do a degree in ship science. <gasps> and it's actually called that. Cool. <laughs> oh, I, that's brilliant. I just thought they were being a bit rubbish and hadn't bothered to look at the name of the department. You can do a but degree. they've done their due diligence. It's an engineering degree in ship science. Awesome. I felt pretty stupid, I can tell you, when I saw that. I felt like yeah, ashamed like to have film. doubted them for a second. Oh, good old Southampton. I like Southampton University. Yeah. I nearly went to Southampton University. Did you? Anyway, Ooh. so Tom's on the phone to the Department of Ship Sciences and he's told to call someone called Miss Emma Neeson, who yeah. may be able say, to help him. We say her name quite a lot in this episode. Quite Which a makes lot. me think she's not a one-episode pony. Do you think... I mean, Carrie, she is only a junior engineer, but she's certainly willing to help. I can't tell whether Jack isn't keen because she's junior or a woman. Both. Or whether the two, Both. yeah, the two aren't really, are inseparable. He says in that they? way that suggests she doesn't. Well, as long as she knows her onions, uh, he, yeah. he doubts immediately that she could ever know she's her onions. She's never seen, never seen an onion in her life. She is but a woman. What do they know of onions? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> then we're back to Leo, who's carrying another surfboard like it's a, like it's a glass baby. <laughs> <laughs> So weird. Oh, Leo. But luckily he still hasn't got his shirt on, so all you can see is just, you know, his pecs okay. and his muscles. And then dark clouds. Mr. Parker <sighs> Mr. Arose. Parker. Yeah, so he basically starts trying to pay Leo off yep. to leave Amanda alone. And it turns out because Amanda's got a fiancé. <gasps> I had no idea Leo would never do something like that. She's with, got a what? She, you never have splashy, splashy time with someone who had a fiancé. Which tells you a lot, so Carrie, a bombshell. because he didn't know that she was mm-hmm. engaged let alone had a boyfriend or anything he was just assuming this very predatory sexy woman who can't leave him alone was just interested in him and him alone so well, she, she's been lying to him Mr Parker obviously insults Leo gravely by trying to offer him money to leave Amanda alone it's a good deal though isn't it I mean it is it's, it's everything she's given him plus 500 quid I mean you could buy I quite like a lot of I think of myself support. as quite a good person <laughs> yeah as quite a noble individual I'd take that I think I would too actually because Amanda also because is annoying. I mean, she might be beautiful, but she's dreadful. Yeah, she's awful. And and she was investing. And if the, if this guy's just going to give me the money Take and it. 500 quid, Take it. thanks very much. I know it's not a bad deal at all, but Leo, I mean, presumably by now, has emotionally invested in this dreadful, disastrous relationship that's oh, heading for a woman. cliff. So she's engaged. Big bombshell. Then we go to Charles Freer's house where Gerald is shouting down the phone to Gunter. Uh, that's all I've put there. And um, <laughs> and then there's some more toing and froing with Charles. And oh, the, Gerald keeps trying to advise Charles not to make this personal, to keep it business, to stop trying to undermine his dad's right. business efforts and to concentrate on what he can and can't afford to do. Charles is talking about throwing money at the problem and Gerald's like, don't do that. That's a huge risk. And Charles says, it already is a personal vendetta. In case you yes. weren't sure. Uh, definitely, yeah. definitely is one of those. Just underline, we've said war, we've said vendetta. Yeah, he still has this a thank Gerald war. for his duty-free present. And, and he's he, probably drunk it by now. And he won't listen to his advice. So Gerald is just at his yeah. wit's end. Horrendous. Then it's to Fashion HQ. And we're playing UB40. Yes, Red Red Wine, which they clearly had more money for because it plays for quite a long time. It does play longer, yeah. Mm. Jan is admiring Anna's handiwork. She's considering maybe ruching the shoulders and she 
she really likes the don't know she likes you oh, tell she's thinking <laughs> of making a shrug so it's like an, an ensemble oh yeah because any talk about fashion is it's just charlie brown's teacher i me. do you know why i know this carrie because my favorite photograph i have of you is standing <laughs> in my garden next to yeah. um the child of our very good friends dan and margaret and tom then i believe was maybe four or five years three old three or four maybe three or four yeah. and he's wearing a lovely little sort of blue and red and white check shirt and some sort of cut off denim shorts and you're standing next to him wearing exactly the exactly same outfit the same that outfit. is why when it comes to fashion I mean you know what suits you and you also know what suits <laughs> I, a five or four year old or three year old and yeah, you, they tend I, to be I the same thing yeah. and I know who I am it was one of the happiest days of my life when that happened oh it was yeah I think it might be my favourite photo of me. it is the best it is just it's the absolute best Not, but I'm actually is, wearing that shirt you, now <laughs> you are I'm so happy yeah <laughs> I don't know who you are is it Tom or is it Carrie I can't tell it's hard to say isn't it? <laughs> He's got more sticky up hair. He does have really cool hair, like it's punky mm. AF. It's amazing. Okay, so back at Fashion HQ, the estate agent highlights, as we dubbed him earlier, has arrived yes. now, ingratiating himself quite somewhat, realizing that oh, Jan's he knows got, she's a player. She's got money to spend, so he's turned oh, up yeah. unannounced with brochures, um, <laughs> hoping to get her interest. Not just a brochure, brochures, <laughs> plural. Jan is resplendent in oyster silk, an oyster silk two piece. I've written down here because I know about fashion. Um, you, you know the kind of thing I, you I've or I she's wearing clothes she is wearing beautiful clothes but the kind of thing the colour I don't know about you I wouldn't wear that in case I spilled something on it I can't wear anything that Me I might spill either. stuff on because I spill stuff all the time anything that's any lighter than sort of slightly dark brown I wouldn't wear it because you could show it shows <laughs> the dirt what's the point um <laughs> And I like to be able to spill at will. Um, so she's wearing the most elegant clothing I've ever seen. The estate agent would like to get her interested in the retail outlets at the he's, marina development. He's found a business park with landscaping. Who do we know who's making one of those? Well, I think Charles is. But ding, 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 more ding. importantly, mm. who does she need to talk to? Oh, Oh my God, Avril Rolf. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Not the woman Goodness who basically me. had an affair with her husband and caused the breakdown of her marriage. <gasps> Wow, that's going to be Good interesting. Grief. This is drama. Anyway, we haven't got time for this now because we must get to our meeting at the Department of Ship Science. Ship Science! Woo! Which I'm assuming Woo! is at Southampton University, although it doesn't explicitly say so. BP computers I've written down here. There are BP computers. He's, that's, it, that's proper. He's looking for Emma. She is very much concentrating on the green and black computer screen in front of her. Every time yeah, she presses busy. a key on her keyboard, it beeps, which seems unnecessary. So Tom is seen coming in at the far end of the room. We're sort of with Emma, the camera's next to her and then he asks after her clearly is pointed towards her he comes and finds her and says Emma Neeson we have to say her name again oh hello clock lovely clock and, oh hello clock um, <laughs> so he says Emma Neeson and she just she literally just almost shows in the hand and says hang on a minute I'm not finished yet quite busy doing my science on ships finishes her beepy beeping and then they converse it's quite a short conversation there's no flirting but mm. by the end of it Tom's basically saying if you get me off this racket I'm going to take you out for the most expensive dinner you've ever had love yeah, so, which I think is supposed to be flirty, but mm. it's a bribe, isn't it? It sounds a bit like a bribe. Like, I don't think it you want to say It sounds very bribey. I don't think he means it as a bribe. No. But she looks like she's taking it as a possible bribe because she does not look amused. No, she looks a bit taken aback. I wonder if anything more is going to happen with that whole romantic thing between those two. Emma Emma could say I her think name. I might get mentioned again in the episode. Perhaps. She might get called Emma and then get called Emma Neeson. Yes, I think so. But more importantly, right now, it's saxophone time. Oh my God, it? so saxophone. 
saxophone. There's quite a lot in this episode. Big saxophone always means Avril. Before we get to saxophone, we go to Leisure Cruise, where Ken is probing Jan's receipt of this investment from Sir Edward. He's on the phone. And then Sarah comes in and she's in floods of tears because she's reported Mark missing to the police. They're just like, he's just another missing person. Love, I don't know what you expected us to do. Yeah, so she's in floods of tears and Ken kind of does actually comfort her because he can see that she's really upset. My name's Jason Fleming. The More Than My Past podcast will see me talking to a wide range of inspiring people. People who have confronted and overcome addiction or imprisonment or both and turned their lives around. I did mad things that was hurting myself and hurting other people. Everybody grows up in a house called normal. Heroin addiction and chaos was my normal. Some people don't understand the word moderation and uh, I was definitely one of those people. The More Than My Past podcast. 
quite similar. Yeah. <laughs> wow, is Charles going wow. to ice Gerald? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. He's ruthless. Then Isn't he? the next scene is the one you of which you spoke earlier. It's saxophone early. time. It's saxophone time, Kerry. Saxophone time, and that means it's Avril. It's Avril, but it's quite That's an how odd. That works. I mean, it's it's an understandable use of saxophone, but sort of like a, an unexpected one because it is an Avril scene, and obviously she oozes sex appeal. It's double saxophone because it's Avril and Jan. Avril and Jan, small white car for the lady. Exactly. They both got their small white cars. But importantly, Jan's white car is slightly bigger. Like <laughs> ever so slightly bigger. Yeah. yeah, so we know in terms of in terms of the power stakes here, ostensibly Avril's there to vet Jan as a potential, you know, client for the new marina development uh, to have a, one of the retail outfits. It is awkward, but really, I mean, Jan's the one with the power here because she's choosing whether or not to totally. give her money to the company that Avril's now working for. But Avril tries to play low status because she's clever and she understands, you know, this is not the time for butting heads and it's not the time for alphering and she's got to just try and make peace. So she does offer Jan the information that it, it's all over between Tom and me. Yeah. She's a bit late now. She got her divorce papers this morning. I know, literally timing. Like, so, so you split up. They're divorced. Oh, it's like, what, a, what an absolute loud. mess. Yeah. So Jan does Shambles. Look, so Jan looks surprised at this information. She didn't know that uh, Tom never said to her, oh, by the way, you know that affair that I had that ruined our marriage? Yeah, that's stopped. He didn't even tell Jan, which seems quite didn't surprising. Didn't Jan have an affair with Ken, though, as well? Yeah, she did. Around the same time, they were drifting apart. They were yeah, like, like was, two it, boats so... on opposing tides. That's not a thing. But, you know, they were just, they were drifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Jan looks surprised. And then they both get into Avril's slightly smaller white car to drive to the marina so that they can look around the premises. So the two women are kind of, it's very uneasy. It's uneasy, but maybe it's going to be okay. Maybe it's going to be okay. Like they're both not fighting over the same guy now. So maybe it's all right. And then we go to the yard where Tom and Jack are doing sums again. All they've done for four episodes is sums. It's very much maths. Yeah, that calculator has been used for a lot more than writing boobless upside down. We know. Let me do that calculators. Do you write boobless? Boobs. Boobless. Boobless. Shell oil, SO oil. Shell oil. Yes. Yeah. There must be others. That was great fun. I don't know Uh, why we did that, but we didn't have the internet. I used to love doing that. (laughs) My parents would have like dinner parties. I'd hand around twiglets and then I'd show them shell oil on (laughs) calculators. You were the best kid in the 80s. Yep. (laughs) So they're doing proper sums on the calculator. And they've got got two suppliers they need to pay. Yeah. And how are they going to decide? They've got to decide. It's it's Jack, isn't it? So he flips a coin. (laughs) This scene is weirdly low energy. Like there's pauses where there don't need to be pauses. And they're talking really quietly and almost like it's so naturalistic. It almost just it's unnatural. (laughs) I can't Mm. work out why it's so slow and so weird but anyway do you think maybe they record the boatyard scenes in someone's house and normally it's while their mum's out (laughs) and this one she'd come back unexpectedly so they had to do it really fast no because I keep having to remind myself no they're in Birmingham they're in a studio in Birmingham they're at Pebble Mill what oh yeah no I noticed it's at Pebble Mill at the end I didn't realise so I keep because I get so lost in the show in all seriousness I've forgotten that until literally now in this series we talked about it a lot last series I've only just remembered now that they're in Birmingham for anything inside because they wow. they, they just make magic and I get lost in it. Because anyway, you can smell the seawater. I literally can. The seagulls, I can hear them. It's just, it takes me there. I tell you what, oh. the first thing I'm doing out of lockdown is I'm going to the beach or a seaside. I'm desperate for it. <laughs> Gagging for the sea, watching a programme sent next to the sea. It's killing me. It's actually 
Oh. In fact, somebody nice on Twitter the other day said they were going to go and listen to the podcast Walking by the Sea. And then somebody else sent me a picture of the Solent because I was missing it so much. So thank you, oh. whoever you were. It really, oh, nice. really helped. Okay, so then we go back to Leo Howard's Surf Shack. <laughs> Must <laughs> always use the full title. Mm-hmm. And a That's man- uh, Mr. Leo Howard's exactly. Surf Shack but to it, you. But, but it doesn't look like a Mr. Leo Howard's Surf Shack is open. And that's curious because Amanda arrives in nautical red and white stripes and tiny white shorts. <laughs> and she can't understand why Leo's not there renting out surfboards delicately, like like someone picking up a dainty piece of embroidery. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so then she sees him leaning mournfully on the sea wall, just looking out to the sea and not looking very happy at all. But she can't tell that from behind. So she sort of, you know, puts her arms around him and surprises him. And then she says... He doesn't like that. No. And, and then he says, oh, you know, why don't you introduce me to your family? Obviously leading up to the fact that he's already met her dad and she looks a bit horror stricken. And then he said, you could have told me you were engaged and she looks like oh no shit man what do i do now now i'm really in the drink Uh uh-oh and then she says quite blithely oh well i wanted to keep my options open till i was sure and i am sure now i am it's like you were just keeping for a test drive two fellas on the on the yeah i mean really it's not on so keeping your options open. she's been very much caught in the act for someone who didn't actually seem that keen on her he's not finding this easy no he's not but maybe that's why he's not that upset either (laughs) I don't know. Well, that's true. It's very hard to read Leo's emotions from moment to moment. Yeah. Then we go mm. back to Leisure Cruise. Outside, Ken and Sarah are just locking Ooh, up yeah. the office. And then an orangey red sports car hoves into view. And Sarah yells, It's Mark! Unbelievable. Oh. So he seems absolutely fine and very jolly. Yeah, he's Sarah, just been on a sales trip. I mean, has he though? Because they did has check he, though? They checked mm. with Portugal and Portugal said he never arrived. But okay, fine. He doesn't seem to be very tanned. But sure, whatever he says. <laughs> Some of us don't tan. Yeah, no, well, no, actually, I don't. I freckle. Yeah. You know, I don't. I burn. Do you? No, I, look I do grubby that. Or I burn. I do that too. Yeah. No, I look like I could do the wash, and then I and then I peel immediately. Yeah. Exactly. No fun that. being a pasty. What's it? Is it? Oh. Um, although I quite like my freckles. They're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told. So <laughs> he arrives blithely as if nothing's happened at all. She runs up to his car and goes, oh, my God, we were so worried. We were so worried. And he basically opens the car door, takes Sarah away, whisks her away, uh, says he's going to take her home. And he tells Ken to meet him tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. so he can time him doing a practice run for the next race that's coming up. Although it's and not then, clear And then why. they'll have a cup of coffee afterwards. Yes, yes. Cats, but there's something afoot. Something weird is going on. It's like he's back as if nothing's happened and he's asking Ken to meet him where the speedboats are. So then we go to Tom's sad paint locker. It's where, oh, yeah. it's where he it's lives now. It's a proper now. sad paint locker basement. Yeah, yeah. He lives in the paint locker at the boat shed because he can't afford the rent in the room he was renting above the pub. And Oof. Jan comes to visit him there rather incongruously with a bottle of champagne. Bottle of champagne? Because it's, it's divorce day. It's not vintage. <laughs> <laughs> that Which he realises after he tastes it. Yeah. Come on, Tom. I mean, really? But anyway, yeah. so they're kind of weirdly celebrating their very amicable yeah, divorce. Yeah, it's very amicable. Um, it's and he, too amicable. And, no, and he says to me. her, like, you shouldn't be seen in a place like this what with you being a single being woman a single woman and it's like oh well you know i mean you're in Hello. a paint locker there's Who's no one around that? well exactly yeah. <laughs> but you know all the seemingly all the obstacles have suddenly been removed from them tom's no longer with avril she's clearly not any longer with ken and somehow mm-hmm. them not being married should take the pressure off them but you don't sense there's an affection but you don't sense they're about to tear each other's clothes off he smashed all the champagne glasses mm-hmm. i don't I, I think he's joking i think he means i don't have them because i live in a hovel 
Oh, good. Okay. You'll be lucky not to get saying, a dirty oh, mug with I was chips taking in that. It. I was mm. taking that literally, and try and I tried to work out. I think again, it's why another example right. of a man in Houseway trying to do a joke and just missing the mark slightly. Because um, they also do a couple of jokes about how brilliant life is if you're not married. You know, because women get to be free and equal, and men yes. don't get nagged or something. Yes, they have this weird That's conversation bit, about their roles great, in life. Bit grossy. Yes. But and he, and he makes a joke that maybe now she's so successful in business and she's expanding, maybe all that time he was holding her back. It's mm. like he's reassessing the whole patriarchy. And he's like, maybe there are loads of men who should be home doing childcare. Maybe there are loads of housewives who should be out doing business things. And it's like his whole brain is rewiring. He, he might have started the third wave of feminism. I think he did. I think, well, I think with, with Jan's help, let's not, you know, give him all the credit. Well, OK, fine. God. But they kind of embrace, they can't decide what to cheers to. And then, oh yeah, what do they end up cheersing to? They cheers to who's uh, so who's the um, person who's going to save you from Department of Ship Science? If only we could Emma. remember her name, <laughs> Emma Newsom. <laughs> and so they cheers to, to Emma. Emma anyway, I always enjoy it in Howard's way when they open a bottle of champagne in real time. And when someone's struggling with it, oh, I it's think great. I think he improvised that. Oh, it really is quite tough, isn't it? Yeah, it was perfectly placed. They were having a conversation about male and female roles in the current capitalist patriarchy in which we live, and then she has to concede she can't get the cork out and pass it to him, and Thus, then he can't. And it's beautiful. It's, it's my yeah. Brilliant. It's the best moment of the thing, and I oh. think yeah, it might it must have been improvised, wasn't it? It was really lovely. I think so. Stuck. I think by the time Tom was really struggling, he thought no, persevere with the take. You're a pro, but Morris Cobham was wagging the nice, cork around. Oh, there then there's a moment. satisfying pop, a release of tension yeah. all round, although not sexual. Um, but then, the, <laughs> then, then Simon May's love theme refrain does gently drift into the background of the scene, just reminding oh. you what the two of them had and how they were once a wonderful couple. And just it's wistful. Oh. It makes you long for those days. And then it's only when yeah. they clink the dirty old tumblers that Tom's now rinsed under the tap that you realise they're etched <laughs> with like galleons. They've got like ship's emblems etched into the glass. Oh. And I'm like, I, I need those want I've just written want in big black letters I need those <laughs> if anyone knows where you can get those straight there's there's the high ball straight sided big galleons actually my god they're gorgeous oh and there's a brief mention where Jan pushes it too far with the patriarchy and offers Tom a loan and he says absolutely oh, yes. not <laughs> she, she, yeah <laughs> he's not he's not that progressive he's not ready to take a woman steady on money. spice girls haven't happened yet love <laughs> no they haven't and then, <laughs> then we go to Charles Frere who's now a casual Charles he's in a cream leather mm. sort of bomber jacket which I don't think I've ever seen him in before. That's more of a Ken item than a child. Uh, that is much more Ken. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even when he's wearing his mm. white sort of jogging leisure wear for his brief sanctioned exercise, it's zipped <laughs> up to the top. He's got a white towel around his neck, a big it's jug of careful. orange juice in one hand. He's always got a big <laughs> jug. I don't know what his thing is about big jugs of orange juice. Uh, but anyway, so Charles is there looking all casual. He's talking and about... He's with Avril. I mean, that's why he sat very close to Avril on a sofa. Yeah. Like, really, too, like the sofa is too small for two people, but they have to sit really close and to And yet here we are. They're kind of cheersing tumblers of some sort of alcohol to Jan being their first retail client at the marina department. Mm. And, and is it awkward with Tom? She goes into a very formal, we were consecutive, not concurrent. Yes, I like that. With, Business with language the, at all times. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure yes, there's, a, there's a more human way of saying that. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> it was so business, but... <laughs> yes, we both did sex on him, but consecutively. 
not concurrently. It was a little awkward in, in the expression. Um, and then she establishes basically that Tom is past tense. It's not happening now. It was happening then. Charles and of course, quite... she and Charles are past tense. Yes. But are they just past tense? Are they consecutive, uh... concurrent, parallel? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Converging. I think they might be converging. I, I think you're right. I think there's... No, I think there's a merger on the cards. Hey. Hey. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes her hand rather... I think it's supposed to be chivalrous. It looks a little bit creepy. He takes her hand, mm. but they're so close together that he it kind of takes it with his arm very, very bent. Sort of yeah, it's like a pair of paws. It's, it's almost like Leo would pick up a surfboard. <laughs> he treats her much like Leo treats his surfboards <laughs> and then slightly manoeuvres his, his upper torso around and sort of kisses her hand and then says, are you sure you don't want to? I, I, he's, he's kind of oh. just, you know, testing the water and he gives her neck a very languorous kiss. Very Oof. languorous, and we're all getting a bit oof, hot. Crikey. And then, yeah, we need to cool down. I know. And then he sort of pushes it a bit further, and then he kisses her neck again, and she sort of looks a bit like, ooh, no, go on then. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't, oh, she doesn't oh, protest. Right, she stays very yeah. still. And for a while, her face is like, I'm mm. just not sure. Oh, fuck it, why not? Because yeah. she clearly it's, still thinks he's I'm conflicted. I'm not. No, I'm fine. No, no, she's really, really quite happy. And then at that moment of extreme excitement, we go to powerboat revving. Rum, 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 rum. Mm. <laughs> Big phallic powerboat. And Sarah and Ken on an adjacent boat, noculars it's at the Mark's, ready. Mark's speed practice. He's there to do his time trial. Oh, good. So Noculars. everything's fine. Everything's and very happy. He puts his safety helmet on like a, like a giant condom. <laughs> he does. Oh, my God. It's so phallic. And he's preparing to, for the time trial. They established Ken and Sarah that he hasn't said anything about where he's been apart from he's on a sales trip and he hasn't yeah, said they anything hasn't mentioned anything about, about the, the whole the them having looking on a boat. Mm. So they're still not quite sure what's going on, but they're assuming they've gotten away with it, but they still seem uneasy about his yeah. weirdly cheery behaviour. And they're right too. I mean, they really are. He starts driving his boat. He, he drives and, the boat, yeah. And he drives the boat faster and faster and they keep doing the speed tests on him and, and Ken says things like, 39.7, 41, 42.9. Got- while, while I'm shouting at the, at the screen, Metricor Imperial! <laughs> they Why is it? haven't made that Need clear. Come on! This is going be furious. It's not Absolutely good enough. Furious. I bet the writer was writing that down going, bloody well, bloody... Brr. But they had, one of, they had one of those speed guns that the police used to use, you know, to catch people speeding. Yeah. And that's how they... That was like very... Loud hailer. Very high tech. Probably was a loud hailer with like a bit of... You know, tracing paper at the end but it looked cool um, <laughs> and then Ken's calling out the times tension is mounting the music is getting more and more tense and synthy and then on the last turn Mark really picks up speed goes super fast 42.9 Petrick or Imperial we don't know we don't know and he's heading towards the boy he is not a, not a, not an actual boy like a floating not a boy, thing a buoy yeah. if you're the listeners in the United States are buoy. Um, he's, he- he's heading towards it and he normally sort of goes round it or just misses it, but he's heading straight towards it. Right and suddenly at it. He's not going to stop. And you cut back to Sarah's horrified face and she's oh. like, oh no, oh no. no. She knows no. what's coming. And he hits it and everything explodes. Like actually properly like impressive. massive explosion. Like yeah. I don't think that's a model. I think they've blown something up. Yeah. Possibly it's the actor as well, just for realism. Well, really incredible. I've not seen him since. Actually, neither have I. I think they blew him up. I think they just wow. got him to agree to that because you know, he'll look great. Are we saying that Howard's Way is a snuff scene? I mean, I'm not I'm not levelling that accusation at them. I'm just saying, how on earth did he get out of that explosion alive, Carrie? There was nothing left of well, that fair enough. It was just yeah. flames on the water. 
It was yeah. seriously impressive, though, genuinely. Uh, there's a huge explosion as the boat hits the boy. Um, he, he's clearly deliberately rammed it in order to commit suicide. Why didn't he ram Ken and Sarah's boat and take them this with him? This is my question. Right? This, that's precisely my question. It's baffling, yeah. isn't it? You'd kill them, they're, too. They're, they're right there. If Come you were on. that impotently ragey at your wife for yeah. cuckolding you in such an obvious and insulting way, surely you'd be angry enough just to take her with you in the horrible don't, man who's doing the yeah. dirty. Don't just blow up the floating balloon. <laughs> but he could have been badly no, injured. Yeah, exactly. He could have been terribly yeah. burnt. Horribly burned and come back looking completely different. No, I wouldn't have liked that. Yeah. He's got to that look like Ken. He's got to look like Ken. So anyway, Mark, we assume now, it's Coyton's for The body count is now piling up in Howard's way. Claude dead from the water skiing accident. That Labrador Ooh. in series one, Jack killed it by running it over when he was drunk. Oh, I mean, man. bodies just everywhere. It's getting just ridiculous. Up. The smoking wreckage is the last thing we see on the water. And then titles. The titles oh. remain as jaunty as ever. Oh, absolutely so as discussed yeah. for one series they had the very sedate very beautiful Marty Webb version this mm. is bringing it back to where it should be which is the timpani of drama and then the jazzy ba-da-ba-ba-da of yeah. Howard's Way it's just it just <laughs> has more punch and I love da, 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 it da, 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 Howard's Way Barracuda it's yeah. like it's performed with jazz hands throughout and high kicks it's <laughs> fantastic was it nice being back in Tarrant like I don't know the answer Carrie it was great being back in Tarrant Yay. I'm so annoyed with myself that I haven't watched in between. Well, I mean, if, depending on how much more lockdown there is, like, fill your well, boots. Well, there's that. Once oh. I finish The Sopranos. Oh, God, yes. No, no, I'd, I'd pause The Sopranos. Maybe I will. I want to live in, ta- in Tarrant in the 80s. I don't really want to live here now at the moment. It's a bit much, isn't it? It's Yeah, in a lot of ways it is. Mm. Um, in some ways, it's, it's quite peaceful. Well, I mean, there is that too. If you don't watch the news, actually, it's brilliant. Um, would you be prepared? You've done this already so brilliantly before, but would you be prepared to do another version of the theme tune for us? Yes, please. Yippee! Carrie Quinlan, thank you once more for being always there. My darlings, it's me, Anna Man, actress, singer, welder, gotta have a backup. I've been in everything, my darlings, and I've been cut from most things. However, I will not be cut from one thing, and that is my own podcast, Talking to Actors with Anna Man, where I meet those rarest of creatures, the actors. That's Talking to Actors on the Great Big Owl. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
saving money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Saving money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 